Are you looking for a new way to streamline your business and simplify your life? We use Kajabi in our dance studios to help us stay organized, streamlined, and to save us money. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform with everything right at your fingertips. There's no need for multiple programs. Your email provider, web hosting services, automation, landing page, sales cart, and so much more are all in one place. With everything in one program, you can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Get rid of all those programs and platforms that collectively cost you way more than what you would pay for a year in Kajabi. You can start your membership site or create new products to have a passive stream of income in your business. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com slash Kajabi to learn more and to start your free trial. Again, it's dancestudioownerconnect.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I to start your free trial today. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And today we have a very special guest that we're just going to jump right into. You may know her well. Miss Julie K. Stalkup is a nationally recognized leader in dance education. Her seminars and engaging keynote addresses are sold out at dance teacher conferences and conventions across the country. Her success is a result of integrating high quality, rigorous dance training and a commitment to mentor each and every dancer with integrity and compassion. In 2006, Julie Kay and her husband, Daryl, opened their own dance studio, Revolution Dance Center in Southern California, and she has been able to foster commitment to these ideals as the foundation of not only her dance company, JKDC, but also its host studio, RDC. Since opening, Julie has assembled a faculty and staff that share an exceptional ethic and dedication to their dancers and the art of dance. Revolution Dance Center's service project group, Chasing Butterflies, conducts community service projects year-long. Whether it's aiding the population on LA's Skid Row, supporting various local nonprofits, or taking global action by traveling to Haiti, Julie Kay nurtures the spirit of collaboration by giving back to the community, enriching the lives of all those involved. Julie Kay has taught for Dance Life Retreat Center for Re Gold, Dance Teacher Web Live, Dance the Magic, Debbie Barr, Hollywood Dance Jams, Barry Youngblood, LA Dance Magic, Jackie Slay, Encore Performing Arts Dance Competition, and so, so, so very many more. Julie Kay is certified in teaching special needs children dance through the Rhythm Works Integrative Dance Method and volunteers at the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, Glendale Unified School District, and the Pasadena Pioneer Club, teaching dance to special needs dancers. As a dance professional, Julie Kay performed as a Las Vegas showgirl at the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino in the hit show American Superstars, a magician's assistant in the Kirby Van Birch Magic Show in Branson, Missouri, and has also danced with the American Basketball Association's dance team in Los Angeles, the LA Stars. Julie Kay is choreographed for short films and children's choirs. So welcome, Julie Kay. We are very glad to have you. How are you today? I am great. My goodness, that's so hard to hear all of those things. You're like, whoa. Ah. You know, so many people say that when we introduce them. They're like, ah. <laughs> but I'm just a normal Southern girl just with a, a little bit of kick underneath her. Yes, ma'am. So you are originally from where? Little Rock, Arkansas. I was born and raised in North Little Rock, but I'm, um, my hometown is Arkansas, really. Like my home state, I'm so proud to be from there. That's awesome. And what originally brought you to California? Um, when I was 17, um, my senior year in high school, my father passed away of a brain aneurysm immediately um, as I started my senior year. Wow. My grandmother had died two weeks before he died, his mother, and then my dad died of a brain aneurysm. And, you know, um, it kind of shifted my senior year. I knew I, I knew I wasn't a college girl. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to go do that. I wanted to professionally dance immediately. So I worked at a shoe store called, um, um, oh my gosh, I, I totally blanked on it. Oh, anyway, I worked at a shoe store. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was great because I learned how to do retail and uh, they were friends and I got a phone call um, and I answered, oh, it's called Backstage. There we go. I said, backstage, they're like, we're looking for a magician's assistant about this big, this tall. I'm like, I'm that person. I didn't even listen. I just said, I'm that person. Um, I was doing dinner theater at that time, and they were like, can you come up to do an audition? I said, sure. 
Um, I said, but I can't get there till midnight because it's a three hour drive and I have to finish my show and my commitment. They said, perfect. So up I went. Um, I turned into a leopard, a lion, and a snake, went through somebody's stomach, gotten cut in half, and made the audition, and there I go. Wow. <laughs> it was really cool. And so then I did that, um, and uh, as I was there, I noticed that another magician was there that when I was a little girl, I was really, like, I loved her. My mama would take me to, in Vegas, to a show to see Melinda, the first lady of magic, and so... I was in love with this female magician and I was at a dance club one night and I was dancing. I was like, Oh, that guy's cute. And I'm dancing with him and he's so cute. And I said, Hey, that guy over there, who's that guy over there? He goes, Oh, he dances with me and Melinda, the first lady of magic. And I went, that's it. I'm going to marry him. And I did. Oh. oh my God. And then we created magic. So dorky. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he goes, well, um, about six months later, he goes, well, we're going to be moving to Vegas. And I said, perfect. I'll go with you. And there I go with a U-Haul and a dog and, or just me and my husband. And we're like, let's go to Vegas, right? Um, so uh, we go to Vegas and I auditioned for a show. Immediately did not make it. They were like, you need to lose five pounds. So I lost five pounds, got a different outfit, headed into that audition. They were like, only two girls are going to make it. And I said, well, I'm going to be one of them. They're like, well, there's 175 people here in Essendon. and I'm going to be one of them. So I got down to about five girls, and they were like, so why should we pick you? And I said, well, I'm not tall enough, but you can put extensions on my heels. I'll have more energy, better work ethic, and I've got a lot of passion, and I know I can, I can do it. So I made it. And That's awesome. How long did you perform with that show? Um, about a year. And then my husband um, had my husband had worked on Power Rangers and uh, a TV show called Beetleborgs for a while. So he had done stunts and said, "Hey, I'm ready to go to LA." And I said, "Okay, let's go to LA." So we moved to LA, and I did a bunch of stuff here and loved it. And then we started our family, and we have three kids, three dogs, and partridge in a pear tree. Later, <laughs> that's amazing. So, what brought you to studio ownership? Um, I actually needed to get gas one day and a Diet Coke. Gosh, dance teachers are like addicted to Diet Coke. At least I am, about 45 a day. <laughs> um, and I saw a little business card that said Performing Arts Studio, and I don't even know what – I never pick up a business card out of a gas station to save my life. But I picked it up, and I got in the car, and I called them. And they said, hey, can you be here in 30 minutes? We just had a cancellation, and I need a sub. And I went, let me go get my tap shoes. But I had not taught for probably a year and a half. So I just had been thrown to the wolves, but I jumped in. And I'm telling you, the moment the music came on and those kids looked at me, I went, I'm ready to teach dance again. Aww. So I, would, I started teaching 25 kids and I would finish. I, would, I worked Monday through Saturday. And then on Friday nights, I had shows at the forum. So I would have to literally leave teaching class, change in my uniform, and literally run on the, on the center court of the forum to perform. It was like the craziest time of my life. Wow. But 25 kids, they were ready to go. And then I turned them into 175 and then 500 kids and then started owning a business. And then this year was supposed to be our biggest year and the pandemic happened, but we were around 1100 between 1100 and 1200 students. It was wow. amazing. So, and then yeah, March happened. Yeah. Right. That's why they call it March madness. Now Get it? <laughs> <laughs> were you thinking about selling prior to COVID or did COVID catapult you into that, that mindset? Well, my mom died after Zeta was born, my last one, my last baby girl. And after she died, I don't know, part of me, I have three older brothers. So here's, here's a funny little tidbit. My mother had my oldest brother, then 15 months later had twins, but didn't know they were twins because they, lay, they were laying on top of each other one heartbeat. Oh, that's and a fun surprise. Years, I know, right? Then 18 years later, they had me. I happened in, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. That explains the whole shebang right there. <laughs> and then um, after, mom, after mom died, I never even wanted to come home then. But then after years had gone by, I thought raising my three children, Zeta, Jet, and Gage, they are 11, 12, and 14. Part of me goes, okay, I'm 41 years old. 
I have, my brothers are turning 60. I don't have the time that I wish I had left. Now is the time of 41 to go, okay, I need to save for my family. Uh, we're going to get ready for college. Then we're going to get ready for maybe weddings. I don't know. But being smarter because a studio is not going to make you the money, well, not me, the money, especially living in Los Angeles, that I could possibly do to take care of my family. And after COVID hit, I thought, oh, my God, what, what if something happens and I'm stuck here? I literally thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to put everybody in a car because this got so bad. And I'm going to drive home and I'm just going to be with my family. And then it, everything started setting in and it's like the joy was sucked out of me teaching and me going, oh my God, I'm, I'm rushing and I'm, I'm at the studio 24 hours a day working this schedule, this schedule, this schedule, this schedule. And it literally became like a tornado in my head. And I've always told my kids, try to put rainbows, sunshine and beautiful things in your head versus tornadoes and hurricanes and all of that. And here I am with hurricanes and tornadoes in my head of going, all I want to do is be with my family. And I was lying in bed with my 14-year-old son, and he goes, Mom, I've had so much fun over this time of COVID with you. And I looked at him, and I thought, my God, I only have four years left before he leaves and goes away from college. I've raised so many beautiful kids, accomplished so many amazing things. Now it's my turn. Now it's, it's my turn to like pay attention to my kids. And I felt guilty as a mom, and I'm very vulnerable about that that now it's my time that I really need to focus. And my husband and I have a beautiful relationship. I mean, we're, we've been together for 22 years, but I knew that I needed to make that shift and I had to make that big girl shift. And if I made more excuses in my, my brain to, to hold back, then I was going to regret it when he graduated. And I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I think that that was like a guilty, like it, it weighed on me going, gosh, okay, mm -hmm. never mind. I got to leave the dinner table. Something happened at the studio. Um, you know, hold on, Zeta, I've got to do, take this phone call. There became so many distractions that I thought, be proud of what you've done. You've done a lot. I actually have accomplished more than I ever dreamed I possibly could. So then why, and this sounds crazy, but years ago, we, were, um, we went into a Presbyterian church and um, they said, why don't you go to Bible camp with us? And I was like, I've never been to Bible camp. Well, I, not, I mean, I did when I was a kid, but I'm like with my family, we're not religious, religious people, but we're very spiritual. We love God and yada, yada, yada. But I, we went to this church camp and I was sitting there listening to a sermon and he goes, are you a list maker? Do you make lists? And if you're done with that list, you immediately make another list for yourself to where you never allow yourself to enjoy the people that you're around. And I'm like, oh my God, this is me. List after list. And if that list is done, then I'm going to create another one by the end of the day to make this list matter. Like, okay, then I'm always trying to, to one-up myself. And I realized that when that list is done, self-care, paying attention to the things that are around me, whether it be meditating. And, you know, I'm grateful for that pastor that did that because it shifted me into my spiritual self, I don't have to go to church every day. I don't have to go to church every Sunday. And then I started traveling and I never went to church. But then I found God in my life and peace on the dance floor and working through special needs kids, working through the homeless, working through going to Haiti to help orphans. You know, all of that, that's kind of my church now. And it's amazing that all of that kind of evolved. But it made me realize that I don't have to have lists every day. I don't have to meet the deadlines to, to make myself sick at my stomach or to hurt or jeopardize my, my relationship with my family to beat this list for what that's yeah. dumb. I've got to wake up. I got to smell, you know, the roses. Yeah. I can relate to some of what you're saying because while I'm not going to be shutting my, or selling my studio, um, I have three kids as well and they're, um, 18, 21 and 23, but they're all at home right now, partly due to COVID and, partly because we have a, whatever, we're, we all just live together and we like each other. <laughs> but when we're all together, I do feel that, uh, oh my God, I got to check my phone. Oh my God, I, we're in the middle of a conversation, but I got to take this call. We're just constantly thinking and my mind is racing. And I think that because there are 10 people living in my house and the studio is our primary source of income, I feel like I'm a gerbil in a wheel. And if I stop running, then the whole thing is going to stop. 
and I am trying to find a balance. Like I don't want to sell my studio, um, but I do want to find a balance where I can just be in the moment at home. And, you know, our, we live in the country and our internet stinks. And so I get frustrated every night because I'm trying to work and I'm just like reloading and reloading and frustrated. And finally it occurred to me a couple of days ago, I was like, what if I just go offline as soon as I get home and just stop trying to be on the internet. You know, what if we don't have, have the TV on and get pissed off because we're watching the Netflix wheel go round and round. What if we don't turn the TV on? What if I meditate? What if we go for a walk? We've got acreage and I, I hear you. And I, I, what you said just really, really kind um, of resonated with me. I think I, I think that was like a little light bulb for me. Like I need to fully commit to that and stop dipping my toe in that water and just go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the problem is, is that we put too much pressure on ourselves, And I think that that has, I'm going to say 90% to do with the way we were wired and trained as a dancer. Mm. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's like, show up on time, be ready, look yourself, be perfect, look the right size, do this, right? And so all of those- Keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're injured, keep going. Uh, no matter what, you have to keep going, right? But then the 10% for me is like, you know, how you were raised really, but that 90%, I'm, and I mean that with a big percent because we've trained ourselves to look in the mirror, look at ourselves. I mean, I've had, um, I've been anorexic, I'm horribly dyslexic. You know, there's things like that that have trained me to be this way, to put this much pressure on myself because of dance, because I've always been that energetic person. Oh my God, you're so energetic. You've got, you're such a good performer. And you hear this and you're like, I always have to be that way. I always have to be mm-hmm. that way. I always have to be that way. And I'm like, no, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm the one in control of me. So you're putting so much pressure on yourself where delegating has become a good thing for me in the past two years. And I'm slowly learning how to do that. But when COVID hit, everybody kind of disappeared. And it was me, my husband and my business partner. And I think that we spent 10 to 14 hours a day trying to figure out how to save it, or we were drowning. I was falling in quicksand. I didn't know what to do. And I honestly think it burned me out so bad that I just wasn't going. I mean, I would come home and play video, like video games with the kids, or I'd play like a board game with the kids. And I'd do things that I never thought I could do. We were going to do picnics in the front yard. Like we took three mile walks every day. I actually saw a sunset. <laughs> yeah what is that i was like wow that's the thing that goes down oh that's a sunset right I, I was started doing things that i normally would say i'm not gonna do like play a video game which i'm not good at and i don't like that but playing board games i'm like oh my god i am good at Candyland. <laughs> i mean i will and then i was like oh my god now i'm so i'm so uh competitive then i'm like i will throw this board in the air if i don't win right <laughs> It's just, that's just me being a competitive person. But you know what? It was so funny watching the collaboration of my family and how we were gathering Mm -hmm. that it made me realize that all that stress that was at the studio, when I got home, I learned how to let this go. And so, I mean, I'm a big prayer. And I said, oh God, seriously, like I'm understanding and finding out who I am. I don't know who this person is yet, but help me find her. She's finding a different, um, finding different wings. I felt like I was a caterpillar during that, co- like the COVID part. Mm-hmm. And now I have brand new wings that I'm like Bambi trying to like get by with some shaky legs. But you know what? Here's the thing. I'm ready to spread my wings. I'm ready to find something new. I've got a brand new project that I'm excited to launch and work on. And there's so many things that I want my family to be involved in and with it. Just not me and my business partner and Daryl, like, I'm ready to bring my kids into this. And then it's our family project. It's yeah. something that we're going to learn and grow and go through together. And that means more to me than anything, because when I die and I'm done, or when I lay my head down and I'm done, I want to know that I did everything I could to make sure that my family knew that I loved them, but that I was also satisfied with what I did. You know what I mean? Like I have to, it has to be good enough for me. Right. Right. And you know what? It's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy. Good. Good Wonderful. for you. That's awesome. 
So let's go, before we go forward, let's go, let's rewind a little bit and um, tell us a little bit about your dance background growing up and what your training was like. Well, I trained in New York a lot over this, uh, over this summer. And um, I, I liked going to Frank Hatchett's class at the Broadway Dance Center and Jermaine Salzberg's tap. Um, I basically, um, I trained in North Rock, Arkansas, but I, you know, I trained from a, a woman named Karen Harrod that I loved. And then uh, Dennis Glasscock, who was like my main guy teacher. And he was in the uh, broad, a touring of Cats. Mm. Um, and I, you know, he, he trained me so well. Like, and, I, and I did acting classes and I did, you know, so many different things like that. But I really loved tap dancing and that's what I thought I was only good at. And then when I started taking class in New York, I was like jazz and, you know, you know, musical theater and whatnot. I just, I love training and doing all that, but I went to every Broadway show. Like my dad would save up money and my brother would take me to New York. And I was like, I saw crazy for you. I saw Tommy. I saw rent fourth row two weeks after it opened. Oh, wow. I, I mean, and I remember crazy for you was the dance, the musical that changed my life. But then Rocky horror picture show made me realize that I could be, it, whoever I wanted to be because I was told my mother was told put her on Ridland she's got too much energy she's she's too scattered and my mom was like I'm not doing that to her but after I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show on Broadway I was like this is how I am this is who I am I want to be this person and then it made me realize how prejudiced people were how like people judge people so hard and I'm like look stay in your own lane this is who I am I'm not going to be on Ridland yeah I probably have ADD ADHD whatever yada, yada. but you know what I'm proud of it because it's who I am it's my body I'm going to be you know I don't know I just wanted to be who I wanted to be I didn't want to have to be a robot like everybody else mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be on medication now since that happened when I was a kid. I'm like, I don't even take Advil if I have a headache because I don't, I don't want anything to control who I am because who I am is I, I'm beautiful just the way I am because God made me this way. I don't need your approval or your stamp or I don't need any of that crap. The Rocky Horror Picture Show made me realize that it's okay to kind of be a freak, right? Mm -hmm. But then crazy for you was like the together and the energy and the tap and the Ooh, like all of it with the storyline of it was like the Southern girl. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just loved all of it. So Broadway really changed my life because I wanted to, you know, do more Broadway. I wanted to learn how to sing. I got into singing and then acting. I was like, gosh, maybe I should be on SNL because I'm that crazy person that would just do all of the Molly <laughs> Shannon stuff that I would fall <laughs> and let my panties go and smell my armpits. I mean, I'm that kind of, you know what I mean? Like I just, I was always that person and I, half the time teachers tell me when I'm gone on these conventions and I'm teaching, they're like, you should be a comedian. <laughs> and I'm like, cause I loved prank fall. I mean, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So did your dad go, was Broadway something that you did together with your dad or did well, he just say, my dad worked so hard. My dad owned a business in, in Little Rock and it was very successful and it did really well. So my brother would actually take me because my dad couldn't leave work. Mm -hmm. So my brother was like, okay, I'll drop you off at the Broadway dance center. I'll come back and get you. We had no pagers, no cell phones, no mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, No, we didn't have nothing like that. No Twitter, TikTok, TikTok, whatever the <laughs> mess they use. I don't even know. I don't care. But like, I would just go out and stand on the side of the street and he would come pick me up in a taxi. That's just the way it was. But I wanted to take Joe Lynn Terry's class, Frank Hatchett's class, Jermaine Salisbury's class. I did, I mean, I did all that and I loved so did it. Did you rather go to the shows with you or did you go to the show? I know we went together and he would yeah. be like, he'd sit there with me and then we'd go, we'd go walk the streets of New York and he was, he, cause he didn't know what to really do with me cause I had so much energy. He's 18 years older than you, right? Or 15 yeah, years so I was like, I could have been his kid. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all we did together. And he would take me to every concert. Man, I was on his shoulders at New Kids on the Block, front row, touching Donnie Wahlberg. Like, <laughs> I just went, and I screamed for anybody out there. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I touched Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I would still feel that way at 41, so don't judge. No one judge me. And if you do, then fall in a hole. Um, but no, I love going to New York and doing all that. That was great. And then when I started really to get older, um, I wanted to go take Frank Hatchett's class. So this girlfriend and I just took a flight. And I think it was North Carolina or South Carolina. And we went and took a whole convention weekend by ourselves. 
I just wanted to do it. I wanted to like get my hands wet, get my hands dirty, whatever, jump in the mud, get, I, I wanted to do it all. Nothing scared me at all. That's awesome. All right. So that's a good spot for us to take a quick little break and we will be right back and learn more about Julie Kay. Thanks guys. Did you miss the DSO Connect virtual retreat this summer? Don't worry, we are offering a replay of all of our seminars from this year's virtual retreat. Go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on Retreat Replay. You're gonna find so much actionable information, including Studio Reset, Marketing and Social Media, Developing Your Inner Leader, Building Your Community, Making Your Virtual Platform a Permanent Reality, online platforms with Kajabi and Trello, plus we have amazing dance teacher training content you can share with your team, including honing your teacher's eye for ballet, contemporary and improv for the young dancer, jazz fundamentals, building your tap curriculum, building a solid structure for hip hop, and teaching ideas to make Zoom successful at your studio. So go to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com, and click on Retreat Replay to grab yours for just $197. All right, and we are back with Miss Julie K. Stalkup. So Julie K., tell us a little bit about, you mentioned earlier that you feel satisfied and you feel fulfilled with what you've accomplished, and you've accomplished more than you ever could have imagined. So what are some of your most notable accomplishments or things that you're really proud of? Um, I think that one of the things that I've loved the most is um, uh, being acknowledged for my service projects. I think that that's important. Um, and I've received um, some great acknowledgments from the state for that, and I'm really proud of that. But I think the some of the biggest accomplishments that I've ever had is some of my students that have gone on to do some amazing things. Um, we taught back in the day, Noah Cyrus um, and the whole Cyrus family was, had been with us for a long time and Noah was so adorable, but that's when Miley was on Hannah Montana um, and I became really close with Noah and their family. Um, and then when Dancing with the Stars happened, Billy Ray was like, hey, I need a little help. Um, and so uh, I helped him such a great man. It took a half an hour to teach him a pot de beret, but my God, I enjoyed <laughs> that. Um, and, you know, I think he's probably one of the most incredible people. I can't say enough about him. We were talking about our dads passing away in family, and, you know, there was one moment after we had worked with each other that we both cried. And I was like, God, what a great dude. Um, and he was like, you know, you seem like you have good, such good music taste. Like, who's your favorite? I was like, oh, Beth Hart's like one of my favorite artists of all time. So here's something funny. We get through with a private lesson. We're driving down the street and I'm like, I look over to my right and I'm like, oh my God, what is Billy Ray doing? Windows are rolled down. He's hanging out and I hanging out of the window, like roll your window down. And I'm like, oh my God, what are, what are you doing? So I roll my window down and he goes, Beth Hart's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, love you. Okay. But it was <laughs> He was that kind of guy. Um, and then he goes, hey, do you want to come on to Hannah Montana's set? And I'm like, sure. So I got to take some students on there, that, which was really cool. And oh, then when cool. he did Dancing with the Stars, he goes, well, come on, sis, let's go. So I'm backstage with everybody and hanging out with the family. And I just love them. And he's such a great guy. And then years later, we go to this like bar on Ventura or somewhere in Studio City. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's Billy Ray. I haven't seen him in like years. You guys, this is the moment when you're proud to be a dance teacher. I walk over and I go, hey, hey, Billy Ray. He goes, you guys, y'all, this is Julie Kay. She was my dance teacher. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, you're about to play in a rock band, and you're like thinking that I'm cool. Okay, I'll drink to that. Got Diet Coke. But it was really, he was really precious. That's um, awesome. And oh, no, like, I mean, I could kiss his face off right now. He's precious. Love and <laughs> Um, And then I trained this girl, and I'm telling you, not only is she the most gorgeous, beautiful child I'd ever seen, but I choreographed her solo, and she's a great dancer. Um, and she started to do really, really well, and she was wanting to break into be a singer. And so she got into this group called the Stunners. Do y'all remember the artist Vitamin C? She had read it. Yes. Right? The graduation song. Yes, love that song. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would love it. Okay, anyway, so she 
started producing Tanache and Tanache started to get big. She went on Dancing with the Stars. I went to go see her with Dancing with the Stars. It's kind of weird. Everything went back to Dancing with the Stars. That's funny. Um, and she's my angel. She is doing really, really well. She did um, a couple music videos with um, Chris Brown. And I know, I mean, she's got a great record label. She's doing really well. She always comments on everything on Facebook. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, sis. And her two brothers are DJs and they do a bunch of great stuff. They're wonderful. Honestly, like I love them. Um, and then came a sleepover where um, after Tanache sing at this sleepover in the center of the circle, we started saying, okay, if you have talent at a sleepover at the studio, jump in, sit in this blue chair and sing a song. Well, here comes this young girl playing a ukulele and she's playing and I'm like, oh my God, my mouth dropped. I got chills all over my body. I, I looked at my husband and he was like, okay, what? And I'm like, she's going to be a major star. Oh my God. I know who it is. <laughs> I mean, it's the wildest story ever. And so her name's Billie Eilish. I'm sure if you don't know her, then you literally do live in a hole. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm so, I'm, I'm so open, but her brother took ballet, put his black tights on, put, put his white shirt on, was headed to the ballet bar. And I'm like, God, he's so handsome. And he played in a band and I would go see him on, on the sunset period it was called the slightlies. And I was like, I love you Phineas. I, and then Billy was like, my, my teacher, Fred goes, Hey, why don't you all write a song and we'll do it at recital. And then it became ocean eyes. And then the whole thing blew up. And once the COVID, once COVID hit Maggie, Billy's mom, we always are texting with each other. I'm like, Oh my God, she won Grammys. Oh my God. The LA times wants to do an article. It's going to be on the front page. Can you call the, you know, yada, yada, go back and forth. I want to make sure that Billy's a part of this, uh, this article. Um, and once all that st kind of started happening, it was like crazy bizarre that, Billy got so big, but they called me and said, we're really devastated. Is the studio going to be okay? We're going to do a Verizon live thing. And Daryl surprised me. I didn't know any of this was happening. And, you know, I mean, I, I would, they have told me never to talk about it, but they, I'm just going to say that they really helped us out and oh, that's where I'm going to leave it. And, you know, after I got that phone call, I thought, gosh, out of all things in the world that they could be doing right now, like winning Grammys, that family has never, they are, they are um, never let me down. They have always been there for me. And the fact that they would want to help us out, Maggie and them run a, an amazing company called Support and Feed. You guys should look it up. And they help all the first responders, but with vegan food and um, more healthy food. And, you know, I've gone to help them and, Billy, it's, they're so sweet. We've done so many like sweet interviews and I tell them all the time, I'm so proud of who they've become. Mm -hmm. And to, I, mean, I literally, um, we went and saw her at the shrine and we got backstage and of course she goes, Zeta to my daughter. I'm like, wait, what about me? Like, what about me? <laughs> and then I was like, don't be selfish. Cause so Zeta like jumps in her arms and I literally like, it makes me laugh because I do it every time. I'm like, you know, to, you know, to not let these people hurt you. Like I get really, and I grab her arm, like, you know, you would as a dance teacher and you're like, you're going to listen to me. And she was like, I'm not going to let it. You were so funny. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. I will, I will hurt somebody if they try to hurt you. Like, you know, it's your baby, right? Yeah. Her and have done so well. And then um, right after Billy became famous, one of my students blew up with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Her name's Julia Butters, and I'm so proud of her. She's Zeta's, one of Zeta's best friends. I love her. She was on American Housewife. She's been in all the holiday shows. We just FaceTimed her about two weeks ago. And every time I see her, I'm like, dude, you're like the best. I mean, they're, the families, they're, it, it's about how they were raised. It's so important that the foundation of your family right. is there. And it makes me realize so much more that I need to go back to my foundation to get my roots and where I was grounded and, and mm -hmm. where I can blossom to be even a better person than I am. But those, I'm really proud of those, those people and all of my students, regardless if they're famous or not, I'm really proud of the people that always come back to remember you and say, thank you for not just teaching me about the pirouette, the shuffle and the passe that you taught me how to love people and get out there and help people. That's yes. to me, that's my greatest accomplishment. Absolutely. That's beautiful. They're great stories. I can't wait to tell my son, uh, Brendan, that you know Billie Eilish and I interviewed you today because <laughs> he's an aspiring musician and he was telling me about her because a couple of months ago, I was like, so what's the 
thing with Billie Eilish, like, who is she? Educate me. And he gave me okay. you know, his version of her backstory. But I, I can't wait to, to tell him that I interviewed you today. He'll think, he'll think I'm a little bit cooler. <laughs> <laughs> this, she's my girl. I was just showing them a picture. And this is, uh, I just gotten on the, I literally had just gotten on the flight. I got off the flight and she goes, hey, uh, she's September Music um, Person of the Month. Can you come by? She wants to talk about her inspirational people in her life. And I was like, yeah. So I go in her I go in her house and I'm like, what are you guys doing? What's everybody doing? I get to meet her manager. And then it was time to leave. And I went back in her bedroom. And she was like, hey, sit down. And it still had her trophies from the dance studio. Meanwhile, while people were like delivering Louis Vuitton. So I'm like, well, I'll be over here shopping. So, um, <laughs> oh my God, I was like, but she's so amazing. You know, I can't say enough about the family. Patrick, the dad, I mean, I can't. I love them. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about um, the sale of your studio and the logistics involved with that, because I know that some of our listeners might be in a place where maybe they're feeling, maybe they have some underlying feeling of what you expressed earlier, and maybe they're afraid to mm -hmm. admit it because they feel like maybe it looks like failure, um, mm -hmm. which of course it doesn't if you want to start a new chapter in your life. But how logistically did this work, especially during COVID? Um, did you already, did you sell it to someone you knew who already worked in the business? Like talk us through that in case someone's thinking about it so they can be maybe a little less frightened of it. Well, my, my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, if you wake up and there's a moment where you're not happy with where you are, something needs to change. And I kept waking up every morning with that God awful gut feeling of like, I need a change, but what's holding you back? And it was all of the kids' faces in the classrooms and how could I let go of something that I had done and worked so hard for, but it's not really letting it go. It's like being proud of what had been accomplished. So I'm really, I really started leading with that. And I told my business partner, Melissa Gerard, who's been my best friend for years, I said, I think I'm done. And she was like, really? I don't think you're done. I'm like, no, I really am. I, I need something like, I need something else. Right. And so then we started the process of that. And it was really hard in the beginning to not tell our, tell our faculty yet. We went in and asked some of our faculty members, would they be interested in purchasing the studio versus asking an outside buyer? Um, and I just think that it's, you know, I just got really worried about what was going to happen. So we pulled in these people. We made them sign a, a confidentiality agreement and ended up having some people interested in not. And ultimately, at the very end, one of our employees said we would like to buy it. So we're still in the process of it right now with both lawyers working together. And, you know, it's not, not that it's like a fighting thing about lawyers, but we're just making sure that we're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. And we went to a couple of different tax people to see, like, what would the actual total price be of selling the studio? And where would we come up with that in a pandemic? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so we just looked at, you know, some different things of how we came up with that final number and presented it to the buyers and they said yes. So right now, um, what's interesting about selling a business is that, you know, we have completely taken it upon ourselves to create a perfect set, like buyers moment where we're putting everything in Google Docs and making sure all of the information is there. We've been training them. Actually, I'm leaving right after this podcast to go back down there to talk about the dance owner Bible, right? Then what we're calling that is like how, what we're going to do with every process of what we're possibly doing to sell this business. And Melissa and I are really strongly considering helping somebody sell their business after this together through our, our Caligo consulting that it's like, let's help you figure this out. How do you get to this point? But if you have told yourself, I need to sell this, I need to sell this. And this is a reoccurring moment. Then you're not acting on it. You need to act on it. But also I, I strongly, strongly suggest to studio owners out there is to vision board it and figure out what is your life going to be like after this studio and vision board it, meaning put pictures together and look like, what is your life going to be like this? So you have something to look at versus I'm going to leave. But then what am I going to do? Never mind. I'm not going to leave. You need a vision board what you're doing and, and like write it down. For me, my vision board looks like going to football practices with my kid, 
putting my kid in another dance studio and watching her bloom and blossom, watching my other kid finish an Eagle Scout and doing his wrestling that he wants to do, going on date nights with my husband. That kind of is like a, a winner right there. Go um, Eating dinner every night at 6.30 at the table and us having that family time, traveling on the weekend with Ellie Dance Magic, still fulfilling my, my love for dance. So it's not, my vision board is not just about what my other life is going to be. It's going to, how I'm going to incorporate dance. And so maybe if you're wanting to sell your business, then maybe you can just teach a dance class here and there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to dissolve of it and quit it and bury that. And that was done. Yeah. Figure out how you're going to incorporate that in your vision board, because now my vision looks so amazing. Um, we just purchased a house and, um, I can't wait to make one room. Um, it's called a war room. And I watched this Christian movie years ago with a friend of mine, and it's called the war room. And it's kind of like where you go to war with God, but I'm not going to war with God. I'm going to war with myself. And it's basically a room where I get to go inside and every wall is covered with what I need to fulfill in my life to help me with. So it's, it's surrounding me that I go to war with dance. I go to war with, you know, different things, but I'm learning how to face it and fight it and work through it versus just in my head, because I think that that's a dangerous place to live sometimes. So I want a room where I'm like, okay, I want to help special needs kids over here. Um, I want to help start this hometown passion project. I want to, you know, whatever it may be. And then if I'm surrounded by it, I go into a room where I know I'm secure and I feel better, mm -hmm. but I'm going to war with myself. I, I got to fulfill those holes. This movie changed my life for sure forever. And I gave it to all of my best friends for Christmas one year because it's, it's something that we'd like, you have to face those fears. You have to acknowledge those fears even if it hurts, you're going to war with yourself and you're battling in your brain. Should I do this? Should I not? That's a war. Mm -hmm. And where are you going to find that? So I think that that's probably the best thing. And working through this with selling the business, Melissa and I are, and Daryl were working really hard to figure out what's working and what's not. And letting go of the controlling issues of it has been a really challenging thing for my business partner and I. But you know what? At the end of the day, if I know I did my best and I hired the best people and we're training and we're doing this, I've dotted all the I's. I've crossed all the T's. And now I've got to be good enough, just like I'm going back to the whole Bible weekend that we went to the study and then going, I'm not going to make another list. I'm going to be proud of this. I'm going to let this go and move on to the next thing. And I told him, I said, look, if there's ever a moment to these two buyers that they think that I'm that they're falling apart if the business is going down the drain. Call me and I'll be on the next flight out and I'll help you. Mm -hmm. But re that reassuring thing is going to be like, it's always going to be a part of my life. I'm like, can I have Friday night fun with Miss Julie Kay? And I can still zoom in with some of these company kids or anybody. I'm not going to dissolve of that. I still want to be in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can send messages and put them in a newsletter and say, Hey, I miss you. Love you. <laughs> write me in Arkansas. That's what they still do. Sometimes they, they write letters. I really connect. I resonated with um, what you just said about um, not thinking of it as I'm leaving something behind, but focusing on what you're going toward. About um, I don't know, uh, ten years ago. How many years ago? Twenty years ago. I I don't know. A long time ago, I left my studio in Baltimore, and I thought that I was going to close it, and or I'm, actually, I sold it. But I thought it was going to be the end of a chapter in my life. And I was going to be a stay at home mom. My kids were younger and I kept trying to create that vision of the new life. And it was about being the PTA mom and being a stay at home mom and just doing all that. But my brain wouldn't stop being a studio owner and I would be driving around and I'd see a for lease sign or a for sale sign on a commercial property. And next thing I know I'm calling a realtor and I'm touring these, these, places. And my husband's like, I thought you were done with that. And I'm like, I thought so too. Or I'd be like washing the dishes and I'd be thinking of, I don't know, just, I, it would, my brain wouldn't stop. So what that signaled to me was I wasn't done. I, I was done in Baltimore and I, you know, moved 40 miles out into the suburbs and I, and I just needed um, that change. But sometimes maybe your next chapter could be something, you know, could be a different studio or a different location or whatever it is. I think what you said is true. You have to try to focus on what is next. And when we signed the papers, I, I just remember sitting 
and crying, and I don't cry a lot, but I just, I broke down and I cried because I, all I could see was that is gone. That is over. But mm -hmm. I cried for like five minutes and then it was cathartic. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start a new studio. <laughs> <laughs> and it was okay. You know, you have to kind of mourn the, the end of one thing and come to grips with it and be okay with the fact that what comes next is also going to be exciting, whatever that may be. And mm -hmm. I don't know why we're wired in this lifetime to think that it's like, okay, you're, you grow up, you go to high you go to elementary school, you go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college, then you get married. Why does everything have to be in these orders? Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be the end of an era? Why does it, no, why can't it just be part of my journey? Right. Yeah, an evolution of your era. Like, it's just yeah. like, I, I don't want that to be like, okay, I'm done. Or you're done being a dance teacher. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still, and there's a song and I created a dead gum recital off of it. It's called masterpiece. And it's a song from Jesse J. And I don't know why this song makes me think of exactly how I needed to move on with my life is it's like this. Um, I'm perfectly incomplete. I'm still working on my masterpiece. Yeah. So I truly believe that this is a masterpiece that at the end, when I'm dead and I'm gone, my masterpiece will have many different beautiful things on there. It doesn't have to be that all she, wonderful mom, great dance teacher. She owned a studio. I want to have so many different things in there. Right. I want to yeah. have crazy redhead that likes to run through the hotel with an Afro. I want, <laughs> you know, I mean, like I don't, I, I just, I want many things for my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. That's I, a great way to look at it. Like your life is your masterpiece and it's going to have lots of different layers to it. And yes, it doesn't have to be so one dimensional that you are only this for the yeah, whole. I mean, a masterpiece could be your an entire puzzle of your entire life. And you know what? My puzzle's big, right? And I feel like I found the corner edges of it. Now I'm just trying to piece it together. Yeah. To I don't want the last piece on the end. I want the last piece in the middle. That's beautiful. Right? Like, I, I want that. And sometimes you're going to maneuver pieces of your life and puzzles and you're going to go, it doesn't fit. I can't find the right piece. Well, it takes time to be amazing. Right? It, <laughs> Rome was not built in a day. And I, I feel right now that kids are struggling so hard right now because they don't, it's not working. It's not perfect. It's not this. Oh, my God. This is what COVID's teaching us, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Change takes time. It needs to, it, it, people need to give themselves a little break. And I tell people this all the time. I did this. I was God awful about this. My expectations for myself were set too high. Mm. Lower your expectations just a little bit and you might be pleasantly surprised. Mm. There's no way that I could be at a 10%. Like if, I always tell my students today on a scale from one to 10, how do you feel today? Honestly, I feel like a nine. But I don't want to pressure myself to always get to a 10. If I go down to an 8, let me get back to a 9 versus a 10. Why do you always have to get the 10? Some days I'm a 5. I don't even know what happened. Oh, hell, I don't even know. But I'm, 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 I didn't go below 5. You could look at it that way. Or I'm a 5.5. Hell, yeah, I made it there. Too much expectations on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're so, like, society in general is so, like, diseased with this perfection and like how much can you accomplish in a day and that like hustle, hustle, hustle mentality. And it's yep. just, sometimes it's just too much and you just need to take a step back and breathe and focus on what you already have accomplished and realize that that is really good. <laughs> it is. But the, the other problem is, is that we do that to ourselves, but we get pissed off at everybody else. Mm -hmm. No, get mad at yourself, fix it, rewire yourself. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't get that done. And my husband's like, well, you just put the pressure on yourself and now you're taking it out on me. That's not fair to my husband. It's not fair yeah. to my kids. Yeah. And we can take the pressure off of ourselves. I mean, <laughs> we're the only ones. If we're going to stand around and wait for society to take the pressure off, it's not going to happen. True. Oh like, I think you're no, right. And people are like, there's so much uncertainty in life. I'm like, there was uncertainty before this COVID. I mean, who knows what tomorrow brings be grateful for today, live for today. And if tomorrow comes, then say hallelujah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. 
So just back to the, just a quick logistical question about the sale of the business. How did you figure out the actual value of the business? And we don't need to know the number, but like, what was that process like? Well, I mean, you, like you go into your system and you figure out how many students that you have, you look at your income, right? And it's kind of hard to say that because what we were trying to do was like, is there a COVID discount? But we really went through like uh, tax, like th through the taxes and we pulled up the taxes from the prior year to see mm -hmm. what the income had been made. Um, and we based it pretty much off of what the business was worth at that time. But then we gave, we did give a COVID discount because mm -hmm. we in California are still stuck inside. We can't, we can't really do anything. So we, we felt like we came up with going through tax people, going through our lawyers and kind of maneuvering and looking at all of the numbers from the past years and all of the, you know, it's, it's a lot of paperwork, but then you just look at how I've done that. And that's really what we're really excited about after this whole process goes through is all of the steps that you need to take. You really need to go back and look at all of your taxes and everything that you've done on the net income that you've come up with and then really figure out what the number is going to be. But it's based off of how many. So we were there at 1,100 or so 1,200 to 1,300 kids. And then when COVID hit, we're down to 327. Wow. Great. Like give it or take, right? So do you base it off of this or do you base it off of this? So that's what was really hard for us. I'll bet. But then if you buy the whole LLC, then they buy everything in the business. And now they don't have to worry about, I mean, props are there, dance floors are there, sound mm -hmm. equipment's there. It base, it's based off of how you really want to sell your business. So, I mean, if you want to know that, then find me somewhere in the world and we could talk about it. It's just, it's hard to say, how do you come up with that number? Because right. it's open. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but if you're really interested in it, I would definitely, you know, talk to a lawyer and, and, and work with them about that to figure that out. You can't just come up with a magic number and be like $500,000. Right. right. You've got to have your backup plan in your, your number. Like Melissa Gerard is brilliant. You guys, I swear the way that she logged everything, everything was impeccable. It was literally brilliant. She's so brilliant of how it looked and how she had all the paperwork, all the, t everything like right there. So I, I was like, wow, I wish I could have been that brilliant, but she was a lawyer and she worked at a bank and I count to eight. <laughs> over and over and over again. I don't like, I, there's no nine. Yeah. I also have heard um, that one way to calculate it is to figure out if, if someone were to buy your business and pay someone else to do your job like let's say it was a person who's not we did that as well we we, did, we went to different many approaches to it but you know we didn't we don't pay ourselves very much right what what would someone have to pay someone to manage it that's right. a competitive um age in the in whatever industry like nobody might do your job for ten thousand dollars a year so you might say all right $75,000 a year is what it would be worth to get somebody to man do my job at the studio. Right. Then you, after we, that is paid, what does the studio make? Right. And then that, that, that top line profit multiplied by five years is a good starting point. Right. We, we looked at so many different ways and then we came up with a number between us three that was a little bit lower than that just to, obviously the people who are buying it, you know, have been in our life and our family for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think it's just, it's all very interesting. Like it's, it's very interesting how to find, I mean, if it was not COVID, it would be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, right? Right. Not so much right now because we're still in this pandemic and California is different than any other place in the United States right now. Right. Yeah. We'll be over here falling off the ocean. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so odd. California is just different. So I don't know if I'm really helpful on that answer, but you know. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think just to know that there's so many different ways to do it too. So all three of you own the business together, you and your business partner and your husband, and, and all three of you are selling it. So none of you are going to be owning it anymore. No, we're literally going to turn the whole thing over. Wow. But we're also in the process right now of, of con like who's the office manager. So we're setting up all of the faculty to make sure they're secure, even with backups. That's great. That's great. So you're really, 
you're really setting up the new owners for success. I mean, you're not just handing them the keys and walking away. You are really invested in continuing the legacy that you've created here. It's, it's absolutely mind boggling the things that we've done to help them. Like I, this would be the perfect way to buy a dance studio, to be honest. Everything is done. That's awesome. So what would you say are like the most important things to have in place if you're looking to sell your studio? You need to have all your numbers perfectly organized, honestly. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that all of your, your paperwork, everything in your computer, everything is printed up. You, the reason I said a Bible is because you need to make sure that everything is organized perfectly. Your numbers have got to line up. You need to make sure that all your credit cards stay, you know what I mean? Like everything you have to look at, we have a, like a, a contact sheet of everything that we have logged in. And I think that that's important is your, your backlog, everything has to be organized or it's just going to be a, a, a freaking nightmare to be honest. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about selling a business, it's probably going to take you a couple of months to get all of that documentation together, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Right. Right. So maybe if you're looking into selling your business and you don't have everything organized, you should look into maybe hiring a bookkeeper first. Yes. Get everything taken care of. It needs to be literally, I'm going to hand you over everything so you can see it. Right. Profit, loss, all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want someone to take over your business and then be surprised by anything. Nope. That would look bad on your part and it would show less of why that, why should, because ultimately, why should I buy your business? Right. I could just start my own instead. Right. But then again, we do have people here. We do have floors. We do have sound equipment. We do have insurance. It's all done. So you have a reputation, but absolutely. You want to make sure that that reputation remains intact. And we have a location and the, and the people that, um, own the, um, own the building or willing to help them out as well with this COVID problem. Like, for oh, that's great. I mean, how, how lucky do you get with that? Oh, I'm so jealous. My landlord sent out an email saying specifically, we're not providing any relief whatsoever. <laughs> Good luck. You're on your own. It's like, great. Thanks. <laughs> See <you> later karma. <gasps> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what, what's going to happen is this is not over yet. We still are we're knee deep into this thing. And mm-hmm. I think what we should be doing during this time is to really recreating a better organize, like organizing tool mm-hmm. of how we come out of this so we're not in this hole again. Right. Like I, bet, I bet people are going to be much smarter of how they document things. Like I can't scholarship kids as, anymore like I could. You know, and I, I wish I could, but right now I've got to, it's like save our studio instead of save, save our ship. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we're doing a holiday show and it's all based off of donations. I can't, I don't, I, it's too much right now. There's so much going on. So, right. so are you completing this dance season or do you even have a dance season or when are you exiting? Um, well, I just bought the house yesterday. We're selling our house. I think um, we are going to be signing the, the date right now is November 30th. Wow, that's so soon. It is so soon. I'm like, oh my Lord. But if it gets extended, it gets extended. And just like I said earlier, if something were to happen, my business partner's still down the street. She could come back and help, you know, occasionally, but she doesn't, the hard part about her staying and me leaving is that it would want, she would want it to be what we had. Let them take it over, let them run with it. But if something happens, my God, I'll be there in a second. I'll catch the next flight out. I'm that way. Yeah. You have that like written into the purchase agreement. <laughs> well, because you know what? They know me better than that. They know I'm that way. Yeah. You know, there's yes. certain points where you're like, I mean, you would know if I'm like, okay, I'm already sell the business and I'd already moved back to Arkansas. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm here, I'm there every day. You better believe it. I mean, I'm working harder now than I have in the past to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. Even if he can't meet, Melissa and I are meeting. I'm meeting her in... Oh, 15 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that, it's that kind of work ethic. And what's cool about this is that we recap what we do every day in an email with them. Oh, cool. Like um, the air vents and the Zoom room have been fixed. Uh, Dewey Pest Control has been here today. Um, you know what I mean? Like we recap of what is actually ha- what we've done for that day. This is what has gone into the Bible more today. We've contacted this. We've laid this in place. So they're getting emails sometimes, maybe two times a day of everything that's happening each day. And that's something that's smart that studio owners need to be doing. 
that even, even if you own the studio by yourself, write it all down in an email, okay, and recap it to yourself, right, or to your front desk person so then you're not slipping things through the cracks. Yeah. We need more toilet paper. We don't have any hand sanitizer. The glass broken studio A. You know, those things, because it's so overwhelming that you need to make sure that your front desk person is telling you what you need. So you're like, okay, I need to call this person tomorrow. This is going to be first on my list. That you're not just letting it all slip through the cracks. Yeah. My front desk person every day, every night when, when she, before she leaves, she makes me a to-do list for the next day and yeah. like gives a little recap of what happened after I left. Saves your life. It's amazing. I love it so much. I know. I'm, and when I'm out on the road, I'm like, oh, I get in bed. I'm like, okay, okay, this, 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 this. And then I've already handled it before the next day. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for Julie Kay? Well, um, I am wanting to start a hometown passion project where I take 25 kids that are not as um, capable of accomplishing things that, as other kids. And I'm wanting to help them. I'm wanting to really groom them. If you know what cotillion is, but uh -huh. cotillion is for usually people that have money. This is going to be cotillion for people that don't have money. Oh, I love and that. I'm going to teach them how to speak in a microphone, how to interview, how to write a bio. Um, my friends in OBGYN talk about how to take care of your body. But I also want somebody to sponsor them and help them buy them a nice interview suit. I'd like to bring in somebody from grocery stores to have them say, this is what's going to get you the job at this grocery store, and here's how what I'm looking for. So I'm, I'm basically going to help them find out how to take the next step in their life because business skills are not I, – I, I could afford college, but I didn't go. I want to help some of these kids that are looking into getting a, um, a job but that they don't know how to. Mm -hmm. I'm really wanting to help them, but a family helps sponsor them and say, we're going to help you. Let's find you a couple of interviewing outfits. Let's try to help you get a job, you know, become a better person and finding a better path for themselves. Yeah. So I'm really wanting to help 25 kids here, take a break from that about two months later, find 25 more kids, but I'm getting the North Little Rock mayors involved, the Little Rock mayor involved getting the police department involved. So then they can understand how to act in the community and how not to act and what, what would get you in trouble. How, you know what I mean? There's just different things. I I'd like to hire a therapist you know, or find a therapist that can volunteer their time to say, here's how you break down your mental bad moments and how mm -hmm. not to think about suicide or horrible thoughts. So that's kind of what I'm, that's my next journey. But I'm also going to teach and follow and go as many places as I can to help dance teachers all over the country. That's awesome. Are you going to find a new studio to teach at in Arkansas? Not yet. I don't know if I want to yet. Okay. I'm not going to put that pressure on myself yet. Sure. Yeah. Don't want to be locked down specifically. Well, if she says that, then all the studio owners in Arkansas are going to be calling her and saying, clamoring to get Julie Kay in the door. <laughs> I'm a great sub. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Well, it was so great to meet you. I've been kn knowing you from the internet and it's really nice to actually have a conversation with you. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, I know and love and, and use your, your little tips and tricks in your videos all the time. And so okay. great to finally meet you and talk to you. It's, it's so important to keep people in our ship instead of throwing them out. Like, I want you guys to be a part of it as well, because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're here to better people's lives. And if we're Absolutely. not an example, what the hell are we here for? Yep, for sure. So where can people find you? Julie K. Stalkup, J-U-L-I-E-K-A-Y-S-T-A-L-L-C-U-P. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Pinterest. You can find me on Etsy. You can find me on Spotify if you want good playlists. Um, awesome. Also, uh, I have tons of playlists that are already done. Um, Caligo mm -hmm. Consulting, C-A-L-I-G-O Consulting.com. We're going to be doing some um, really cool work around. So if you go on there, you can find my Amazon page, my Pinterest page, my Etsy page. I've got an Amazon page that's already catered to, like if you need props, it's already there so you don't have to go look for them all. That's great. Um, yeah. I mean, you can find me on, anywhere on Instagram and, and message me and say, hey, let's chat. And I'll be like, all right, dude, let's do it. That's awesome. I'm an easy going. I, like, honestly, I'm not going to put unnecessary stress on myself. Good. Well, before we go, we like to share something that has made our hearts happy in the last week or so. so what's something that's made your heart happy? 
Um, something that makes my heart happy is that we found a home, that we all prayed for this home and we got the home. Um, and that my son was struggling a little bit with school. And yesterday we had a, a teacher conference and knowing that those teachers were on his side, mm. they, helped, they wanted to be there for him. And they were like, we're rooting for you, Gage. Gave him the confidence to really get up and work harder this morning. That made my heart happy. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Your kids succeed is like, but seeing teachers that are invested, that's good news. Yeah, that's awesome. So getting a house and seeing my son succeed. Oh, I love that. All right, Robin, what's made your heart happy? Well, two nights ago, my son, Brendan, uh, came up into the living room just as I was getting ready to go to bed and plopped down on the sofa and just started talking. And I was like, well, I'm not going to bed. And I <laughs> sat there and just listened and talked to him for like 45 minutes about whatever it was that he wanted to tell me. And it was just like one of those moments, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like you have to remind yourself, this is it. Like this is, this is the most important thing in the world right now. Yes. And um, it was just nice to have him. And he's a hugger, so he'll, he'll let me hug him at the end and be like, good night and smoochy, smoochy. Whereas my other boys are kind of like, that's enough, that's enough. But he'll let me, he'll let me get a good hug in. So that was Aww, great. I love that. That's awesome. That's um, Let's see. So I am really trying to boost our, uh, my studio's presence online and on social media. And I sent out an email to our entire email list. Like anyone who has ever taken a class at my studio in the past eight and a half years, every single person requesting, just basically saying, Hey, times are tough and it's not a great time to be a small business right now. And we need your help to stay open. Can you take a, take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook and leave us a review on Google. And we've had so many responses and so many people, not just leaving amazing heartfelt reviews, but also sending us, sending me response emails back just to say like, oh, this is great that you're reaching out and thank you so much for everything that you've done and for everything you continue to do for the community and blah, 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 blah. And just like seeing these reviews roll in has been really, really just I'm really stealing amazing. that. I'm stealing that. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Absolutely. All right, Julie Kay. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It's been wonderful to chat with you. You guys are amazing. Let's go make the world better. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, you guys.